Hey everyone, welcome back to the Improv TX Comedy Network. If this is your first time checking out the podcast network, we appreciate it. Please head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give the Improv TX Comedy Network a like. And just a reminder, the Improv TX Comedy Network is live on YouTube with all your favorite comedians on the improv stage. All links can be found in the description. And with that, on to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Act Out from open mics to the big stage. Comedians tell us how stories were made. I am Doc. I am here today with an amazing comedian, a hilarious guy, a master of the stage, Mr. Derek Jack. Derek, how are you doing today, sir? Good, man. How you doing, man? Thank you for that wonderful intro. Absolutely. We're promoting a show, Derek Jack and Friends, Sunday, December 18th at 7 p.m. At the Addison Improv. So Derek has performed with multiple comedians. I imagine you could name off just so many that you've hosted and featured for. You've headlined all across the state. I know that for a fact. Have yes, you headlined across the country now? I have. I have crossed over Texas borders. I've been all over California, Chicago, Arizona, just to name a few. I just came back from Minnesota not too long ago. So, yeah. Very nice. I'm out here trying to get it, man. Absolutely. And like I said, you're a master of the stage. Watching you. you last night, watching your videos, I love it. I've seen you over the last eight years that I've worked at the club come right. up and just destroy. I've never seen you have an issue with a crowd. You deal with hecklers like that. It's amazing, dude. I it's live amazing. for hecklers. I, um, I'm i old school, man. I came up from the roasting that's really in my DNA. You know what I mean? So doing comedy, comedy taught me how to take the unorganized humor and organize it. That's how I consider comedy like like organized humor. Like how you got the organized crime, you got organized comedy. <laughs> and so that's what I consider comedy. Well, you also do spoken word. Yes. Uh, I did not realize that. And you're a speaker too. I am. I am. I do all that. To me, it's all the same. It's just a different product. I'm still in front of people, entertaining them for uh, X amount of time. So to me, it's, it's, it's all the same. Right on. Right yeah, on. It's all the same. Well, let's begin from the beginning. Where are you from? I'm originally from Kankakee, Illinois. Small Illinois. town outside of Chicago, about 45 minutes south of Chicago, Illinois. Born and raised there. Then I ended up moving to Texas. I've been in Texas about 13 years. Okay, So cool. I started my Texas. My comedy career started in Texas, though. I didn't do any, you know, any, any comedy in Illinois at all. Other than street comedy, just regular every day, you know. Oh, yeah, just making people yeah, crack up? Just every day doing what you're doing at, at work, laughing at people or yeah. cracking on people or roasting somebody. So same old, same old. Right on, right on. Yeah. What were you like as a kid? Were you the funny kid or were you kind of a bad kid or a good kid or just quiet? I'm going to say D, all of the above. <laughs> I was a little mixture of everything. Uh, quiet, good, bad. I, I mean, I was I was more of a loner. Uh, I was kind of younger, so... I was off. I would entertain myself, man. Like that's all. All I do now, even with comedy, what people see on stage is basically what I'll do when nobody's around. So I'm entertaining myself. And I'm just letting y'all in on my craziness. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. When was the first time you were introduced to comedy? I go way back as far as being introduced to comedy. When I say I'm old school, like I came up, man, watching Eddie Murphy. You know, the old, the old veterans do it. You know, watching things like Sanford and Son, uh, all Richard Pryor movies, that type of stuff. So that was in, in our DNA. Like I said, it, it was just natural. Like, where I'm from, we never, like, if, if I met you, I wouldn't be like, hey, what's up, Duck? How you doing? We'd come in and be like, man, I know, Ducky, what you doing, man, with them uh, big pants on? You know, that's how we <laughs> greeted each other. So that's that's just how we, how we was. So like I said, all that, is, it was in my DNA from the, from the beginning. But just being around, I mean, just naturally, man, just natural, natural things happening. Your family, you got uncles and cousins and, you know, Humor has always been around, always been around. So I just recognized early, you know, I've been an entertainer since I was little, put it like that. So you you kind of get in front of the family, put on a little show then? I was always that one. I would be that one that would make the people laugh or I would do something silly or do some some little stunt or, or, or something. But I was I would be the one to go to to, to be entertained. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So not bullied in school or anything like that? Pretty Not pretty really. No, I was, I, was a, I was a popular guy. I was cool with everybody. 
when I say I was cool with everybody, I was cool with everybody from the, the thugs to the farm kids. Everybody knew me. I was cool with them. No, nah, I mean, just that we've got, I got into fights, but I, I, I wouldn't really say I was a bully or anything yeah. like that. But I, I've had a, a couple of people that, you know, older guys bully me around, but not on a consistent basis. <laughs> but I mean, just a regular, you know, I had a regular childhood if you want to, you know. Yeah. So that's pretty great. So, comedy, what made you decide to get into it? All right. So, I'm at work. This is a true story. So, I'm at work. I'm working in a warehouse. Just doing what we do, you know, having fun at work, laughing, joking, whatever. One lady was, was literally, I had her laughing so hard, she had tears coming down her face. <laughs> and she made one statement that stuck out to me. She said, boy, you need to be on somebody's stage. Oh, wow. So just imagine you, you know, and everybody's still laughing, but she's saying it in like a humorous way. But I'm like, really? Yeah. I, I really, I probably do. So when I thought about it, I talked to my wife. My wife was cool with it, man. She supported me like a thousand percent. She was like, you know, she believed in me and it was like, Hey, go for it. And she supported me. So I, I tried it. I went to an open mic. I did my research. I reached out to a couple of, uh, you know, comics that was already in the game. Did my research, went to a couple of open mics and actually was horrible. As heck. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. It was horrible, bro. But I mean, I, but the goal, the first goal, I was not trying to be funny. I was just trying to get up there and, 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 and what I call now is I uh, get my cherry pop. Yeah. You know, so I had to get up there. Um, and once I experienced that, then I, I realized if I wanted to do it or not, and I realized I could do it. And I told my wife, I said, hey, I see a lane that's open that I can I can I can actually benefit from. And she was like, go for it. So I did my research. Like I said, I, I went through my struggle of trying to figure it out. But once I figured it out, I moved in that lane. And that's what I've been doing, man. So how long have you been doing it now? I just made seven years. Seven years? Yeah, Congratulations. Seven years, so That's yeah, awesome. I appreciate it. You've come a yeah. long ways in seven years then, because yeah, I remember seeing you, I would say, that long ago getting on stage, and you were always good. Now, do you feel it. that you were always good, or do you feel like there was a learning curve? It was a learning curve, but people don't know. They didn't realize when I was doing my learning curve. The thing with me, Duck, is just, like I understand the business side now of comedy. I'm not just a jokester, but I know how to I know how to plan my business. I know how to book my own shows. I know how to produce my own shows. I know how to negotiate the whole nine. I know how to, I know how to do all that. That's what a lot of a lot of comics are lacking in. They just know how to get hired and be funny. I don't want like with me. I don't want to just get hired from a producer when I can be the producer and do the hiring. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So with me. Once I figured that out, I started a long time ago. People didn't know I was doing open mics, and all I was doing was the same. Five jokes. And they thought that's all I had. But they didn't understand. I was never working on jokes. I was working on stage presence. I was working on on how to deliver jokes. Because you can have a thousand jokes. If you don't know how to deliver those jokes, you just bombed a thousand jokes. I was working on delivery. I was working on stage presentation. I was working on learning how to, how to you know, get my breathing correct. Like learning, you know, all, all that type of stuff. Learning how to... Um, what was that? I don't know, some... Oh, it was some, my book bag. Comedy, comedy, <laughs> the, comedy ghost just threw a, dude, a book bag. This place is haunted, <laughs> I swear to God. So, yeah, That's so, what's happening. But yeah, so it was, it was just basically, you know, once once you understood that, but like I said, I was working on stage presence. I was working on, you know, the delivery and everything, man. It wasn't just the jokes, you know, and I think that's why I see a lot of comics go, go south because they think that their jokes don't work. It's not that the jokes don't work. You don't know how to work the jokes. Yeah, you know I what like mean? that. So, yeah. so one, so it's like, so it's like this. You can take a joke that you might bomb on, right? Cause you don't know how to deliver it, but I can take that same joke and, and, and know how to deliver it and it'll work. So that's where a lot of, like I said, they're going south because they're thinking the jokes don't work. It ain't the joke. It's your delivery. You got to know how to deliver. You got, you got, you got 10 seconds, man, to get up on the stage. And I got to communicate with these strangers. Anybody can, I can pull my family together and I can make them laugh all day long, right? They're, they're family. They're going to laugh. They know me. They know my character. Well, when you come before strangers, you got 10 seconds, man, to either be a weirdo 
or somebody they connect with quickly. So I learned how to do that. So that that's one of the main keys. Any comic that's listening, that's one of the main keys. You got to communicate and you got to connect with your audience quickly. Once you understand that, man, they'll go all the way to the end of, end of the world with you, bro. Yeah. Like for real. And you have one of the strongest openers because you. what you do is you state for a fact what people are thinking. When you get out there, you state, I'm black. Yep. I know I look Middle Eastern. Yep. And then you make a joke about it. Yep. And it's freaking great. I appreciate it. It's so good. And it brings everyone in at the same time. And it's really great because what you do is you also threaten the audience in a way. Yes. Which makes them laugh even harder. Exactly. I, I try to hit them with the unexpected. But it's like I, I deal with the obvious, but then I'll hit you, I'll hit you with a curveball. And the reason where, where that came that joke came from, because it's, 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 it's truth. Now, one comic, I was thinking about it today. I remember when I first started doing comedy. Another issue that, that we do as comics, we try to create funny. This is hard, bro. When you're trying to create something from nothing and then make it funny, that's super hard. And that's where a lot of comics are failing at too because they're trying to create something funny. They're instead of, and, and what I mean by that, the way I emphasize create because there's funny stuff that's going to happen all day, just like the, the book bag fell, <laughs> right? Nobody's around. We can naturally make that funny. You know, we hit it with improv. It's a, it's a comedic ghost running around, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's the way I do my jokes. Something naturally happens. I'm going to take it that's already naturally funny and I'll enhance that. I'll take what's naturally funny and we'll put a, a twist at the end of it as opposed to trying to create something, make it funny, and then put a twist. You know what I mean? So it's like you don't have to always start from scratch. And I learned that from a comic. I think it was Alfred Kainga that, that, that reached out to me. He told me, he said, you don't always have to try to create funny. He said, take something that's funny. And once he gave me that, that word of wisdom. And like I said, this was years ago, man. Like I've been around comics. So I was always the one in the corner listening. Just I'll be sitting back like if you didn't know me, you you wouldn't know me like right. really because I, I I would be the one that would be sitting I would sit off in the corner and I would just hear these jewels all the, you know these comics has been doing stuff for years. I heard one comic one time say, "Man, I'm trying to make forty thousand dollars off comedy this year," and I'm like coming back from my you know I'm going on, on my way from a from a, a show that I got paid maybe like hundred and fifty bucks yeah and I'm and I got to go to work the next day. I'm like you can really make forty thousand dollars off of making people laugh. So being around that, all these little jewels just they just sparked me and inspired me. So it's like I'm I'm, I'm around these cats that's doing it. So I'm just taking all this wisdom, all these jewels, all these diamonds, and then I bring them back into my little hut. And I'm saying, what can I do with this? And that's what I did, man. And that's what I'm continuing to do. So. And it sounds like you speak your truth. Like I, I was watching, like I said, your comedy last night. And it, it, so many of the stories ring true to life. Yeah. And it, you spice them up a little bit. Yeah. But it, I, I feel like everything you say on stage is from a kernel of truth somewhere. It has to be. The thing is, like I said, funny is everywhere. You know, pain is everywhere, too. But the opposite of pain is, is joy. You know what I mean? So if, if you can find the opposite, when you can get that pain, you can work it all the way to that joy. Like a lot of stuff, I talk about racism, you mm -hmm. know, because I dealt with that a lot. You know, being in the Midwest, like a lot of people don't know. Like, and you know, because because of my jokes, my grandmother really was white. Mm -hmm. Like she, she, it, that's not a joke. Like yeah. it's a joke, but it's not a joke. The the fact, like I told you, when, when she would talk to us, she would call us nigger. But oh, it's wow. not a joke. <laughs> yeah, like real talk. But like, yeah, and that's part of my that's part of my spits. So I deal with racism. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I state that on stage, and I still feel that way. If you hate people just because of the color of their skin, I think you're stupid. Mm -hmm. And racism is dumb, and I tell it on any stage I go to. So, and, that, and that's my message, man. You know, I, we're going to laugh, we're going to joke. I, I think everybody's funny. Black, white, young, old, rich, poor, mm -hmm. uh, straight, gay. I just find humor is humor. And it's crazy that you mentioned that because you do tackle race, but oh, you yeah. have such a wonderful angle on it because you, you say that on stage when you say, I don't care. I think racism's stupid. Yeah. And then you go and the prayer joke alone, you yes. know, where you're talking about how white people pray and how black yes. people pray yes. is amazing. It's so good. And it brings <laughs> the entire crowd in. You know what that's, I mean? That's the goal, man. You know, like I think what racism does, racism finds our diversity and plays off of that. 
you know, and, and we go off of that. Well, I think like with humor and, and, and what I try to do is I try to find our common ground. Right. And that unites us. The common thing is that we, hey, funny is funny, man. We all been there. We may, you know, I'm, like you said, I'm, I'm going to say what people are thinking. Yeah. You know, I know that people think the same thing. I think it too. I'm just going to, I'm going to be the one that's going to say it. So. And thank God you're saying it because yeah. somebody needs to be out there and make light of the differences. It has because to be, man. They try to divide us too much is what they exactly. do. Exactly. And yeah. instead we should be brought together I've, and work together. I've been around be awesome. enough people, man. I've been around black people, white people, Hispanics, and I found out that we all have the exact same thing. It's slightly different, but it's all on the same avenue. Everybody has that one family member that kind of, they kind of like look at like, <laughs> we all got it. You know, there's a white family member like that. There's a Hispanic one. There's a, all of us got it. Believe mm-hmm. me. You know, so like I said, I just try to find the common ground, man. I've seen people laugh. Like I've been in the store and I'll see something happen and it'll be, it'll be something that, you know, like maybe something funny, like somebody might have, you know, ran into something and I looked around and I see, all different races of people smirking and smiling. You know what I mean? It wasn't like just, it wasn't just like, it was like, like black people laughing or like I seen like Hispanic people that couldn't even speak English and we, we shared a, a giggle together. You know what I mean? So it's like, like things like that. I live for that, man. Like, yeah. like I'll give you a prime example. I was, I was just coming back from Long Beach. I was in Long Beach, I think maybe last week or whatever. Right. And I'm coming back from Long Beach and we're in the airport. And waiting for the whatever the plane, and it was a guy who he was getting on on the plane with us, but he got the he started coughing and sneezing real bad, and nobody said nothing, but everybody said something. You know what I mean? So it was like when he did he hot you, <laughs> and I'm looking around and I could see other people, and me and me and a strange just a stranger, I she didn't know me, I didn't know her. We looked at each other, and we both even though we didn't say it, we were still thinking like. He gonna need a mask, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so when we all we did, we looked at each other and we just both laughed, but we never said anything. Right. But we still connected through through humor. That's that's what the goal is right there. Universal humor. Universal humor, yeah, man. It. That's what it's about. It surpasses all color. It was funny. It wasn't. Yeah. A, it wasn't. Oh, it was only black funny. It was only white. It was funny, and all of us laughed. That's the goal right there. That's awesome. That's I the goal. It. What was it like the first time you hosted? The first time you got that gig? First time I hosted. Do you get nervous at all? I did. I did. And and the reason being, the biggest thing for me was making sure you hit the timing. And I think it was really, really getting that, getting that laugh. You want to know if you can make the people laugh. It's like once you get that laugh, now you're like, (sighs) okay, all right, let's get it. Come on, what y'all want to do? You know, but, but until then, it's almost like, you know, comics go through that stage where they're like, I wonder, am I funny? I hope they laugh. I hope, you know, yeah. that was my beginning thoughts. When I first used to go up, man, I used to be, I hope they're funny. I, I, I hope they think I'm funny. I hope they like me. I hope they laugh. I hope this. I hope that. That was in the beginning. Once I started understanding the concept of funny and, and, and the concept of comedy, my whole attitude changed. Then when I started going to the stage, it was more like, they better hope I like them. You know what I mean? Because if I, no, like, because if I like you, then I'm, I'm, finna, I'm finna give you a heck of a show. But yeah. if, I, if I don't like you, I don't really care. That's how I was feeling at the time. But the thing was, I couldn't let the crowd, the cameras, or none of that throw me off. So, I, yeah, I was nervous at first, man. Yeah. I was ner- but now, that's totally different. Now I go with a whole other attitude. But in the beginning, I, I, I went with that, that attitude of trying to be accepted. But I think once you get past that and you realize, hey, I'm funny, and you understand the dynamics. That's another thing comics got to realize. You have to understand the whole dynamics of that show. And what I mean by that is that you're going to have a different response and a different you know, atmosphere on a Thursday night show. Right. As opposed to a Saturday night show. The reason being Thursday night, yeah, they're coming out, they're supporting on a Thursday night, but they really got to get back to work Friday morning. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to they're gonna turn loose, but they're not going to let all the way. 
Now, as opposed to a Saturday night, they've been at work all week, they're off, they're looking at the party, they've been drinking at home, they're ready to get it. So that atmosphere is going to be totally different. So I had to learn in my early stages not to take that personal, where, oh, it's a Thursday, so, you know, they might not be feeling the jokes as much. But once I got the concept, man, I don't, I don't care no more. I, I'm ready to get it, man. Yeah, you just get yeah. up there and go. Go up there and have fun. They're just yeah. people. So you don't get nervous at all anymore? No, no, you know why? Because let me tell you this, Ducky, the only pressure I put on myself and I've been putting on myself is just make the people laugh. That's it. I don't care nothing about cameras. I don't care if it's a thousand people. I don't care if it's 10 people. My goal is to make the people laugh. Can you do that? Yes. I've been doing it my whole life. I can make the people laugh. I can make people laugh. That's it. I don't go up there trying to, you know, I'm trying to be better. I'm just trying to make the people laugh. I'm not trying to be better than the next comic. I'm not trying to compete with nobody. My goal is it's me against this audience. That's really (laughs) like real talk. Because the thing is, what's the whole whole purpose of a joke? To make people laugh, right? So if I tell a joke and nobody laughs, then I've missed my purpose of that joke. And then I have to question, is it really a joke? You know what I mean? So the way I, I put it like this is, to me, that's like when you're doing a, a comedy show and you're telling jokes and nobody's laughing, to me, that's equating to having sex and nobody has an orgasm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, think about it. No, Y'all just humping around. Ain't nobody ain't nobody having no climax and then y'all just humping. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then there's not, you know, so so what's the, what's the whole process? You know, so my goal is I want to make sure... That fulfill my purpose. That's to make you laugh. That's, so. that's nuggets of information right there, too. Yeah, that's, that's, what that's I try some to good do, stuff. Like you said, you've been listening, you've been internalizing it. Now you got your own philosophies that are great. It's I, from my angle, man. W- what was it like the first time you actually you headlined a show? How did you feel? First time I headlined a show, I'll never forget. The first person that gave me a, a headlining gig was a little room in Waco, Waco, Texas. Dexter Givens. I had to do. I did thirty minutes in his room. That was my first, you know, quote unquote headlining gig. So. Again, it was just about stretching that time, make you know, because man, thirty minutes when you first start, like man, can I do thirty yeah. minutes? Can I do? So it was, it was challenging. It was challenging. I'll be honest with you. To me, it was about the timing. Can I do thirty minutes of you know? It was fun, but everything was like a learning experience. I'm glad I learned the way I learned. Another comic I shout out is uh, Flo. Flo Hernandez, mm-hmm. me and Flo. Well, I linked up with Flo when I when I was young in the game, and he took me on the road with him. Like we'd do road gigs, and Flo would just put you out there. Like he'd be like, "How much time you want to do?" It'd just be me and him, and I'd be like, uh, "I do about ten minutes." He'd be like, "What, man? We done drove five, six hours. You gonna do?" He said, "I was like, uh, all right, I'll do twenty minutes." Now, keep in mind, I didn't have none of this time, <laughs> but when you're challenging me, I'm like, "All right, come on," you know. So I end up doing maybe like twenty minutes the first time. I'll never forget. I was excited about that, but it was it was horrible, but I made it through. Yeah, you know. So so that was the goal. My first goal was just make it through the time. Yeah, man. It can be challenging, but once you get it, it becomes very exciting and it stretches you. And that's what I like. I like to be challenged. How long are your sets now? Do you do 45 to an hour? I can do, I can do 45 to an hour now. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can do 45 to an hour now. So what I mean, what I'm doing now, I'm in the process of, of doing another additional 30 minutes of just, just straight clean, clean. Like I do semi clean. Like I, mm-hmm. like on my set, I'm going to, you know, it all depends on what type of crowd it is, but I'll say the N word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll make the joke about my grandmother. But other than that, I don't really do a lot of sexual content like that but as far as like i have a church church set like straight church like when, when you call me to the church i have a church set. that is awesome so that, and that's that. so smart because yeah i was reading uh some comments on you today from different places you performed mm-hmm. and one of the things was they asked you to do pg-13 and and like that's hard for a lot of comedians mm-hmm. because a lot of people begin by writing dirty because it's easier to just face right. it and then they move to clean once they realize that doesn't really work right and the thing is, your set kind of does PG-13. Right. It's right on the fringe. Right. So, but you have a complete church set. I have a complete church set, like straight, straight, just, you know, church set. The reason being because, like I said, when you get 
churches are very edgy. You know, you can't like you don't want to do any sexual. You know, and you want to you want to know how to be diverse with your audience too. So when I'm dealing with church people, it's more of a a, a cleaner set. The audience tends to be a little older or younger or mixed. So you got to be able to relate. Keep in mind, you got one time to try to relate to everybody. You got grandma and you got grandchild in, in the audience. Yeah. How am I going to relate from you know years of, of of this over here to the new age children? So you got to find that, that that common ground. So. I mean, it's easy, really, because, I mean, like right now, we're having a conversation, right? We're, we're telling jokes. People, you know, we're laughing. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be all explicit. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they, they use that because, like you said, it's easier to just run and, and just use it as a scapegoat. I don't have to do all that. I don't have to have a regular conversation without being provocative. You know, yeah. like I can talk to somebody and not, you know, and, oh, yeah, ducky, yeah, I see your nipples, <laughs> man. I want to suck on your nipple. You know, you don't always have to, you know, and there's ways you can do it. You don't always have to be perverted. But I, I think that. With me, I, tr I try to find out what everybody else is doing, number one. If everybody's doing that, if everybody else is going left, I'm going right. Because that just gives me an opportunity to stand out. I'm not in competition. I'm only, only in competition if I'm going the same way that you're going. But if not, I'm, I'm, a whole, I'm another choice. If you got a, if you got a taco stand, I can pull up right up next to you and sell hot dogs. Whenever they want tacos, they're going to come to you. Whenever they want hot dogs, they're going to come to me. Heck, when I want a taco, I'll come to you. You know, so that's how I look. So my thing is, I just try to put myself in a position where... I'm not in competition with nobody but that crowd, man, for real. So, And it sounds like you have a plan that's kind of set out. You I have do. like a five-year, ten-year plan for it? I have a plan. I'll, I'll be so, honest with you. My plan is whatever step is there for me, I'm taking that step. I got a plan, but I don't have a plan. You know what I mean? My plan is to not have a plan with the plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, what, like, it's like I'm just watching God open the doors, and I'm just, okay, I'll walk through it. All right, right yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, all right, go left. All right, cool. I don't know where I'm, uh, why I go. You know, it's been times I I, I, I would get up, I'd be at home, my wife would tell you, I'd be at home, and I'd just get like an unction to get up and just go down to the improv yeah. or go somewhere, right? I'll jump up, get dressed, go down there, and it, it, would, it would be for a reason. I might go down there and get a gig. I might get a connect on a gig. Or it's been times I've just been down at the improv somewhere, and they needed to host. And guess what? I just so happen to know how to host and be there. So I've gotten gigs like that. So, yeah. I you know. know for a fact when I worked in Arlington, you would be there quite a bit. You I, would be got, available. I would be available, and not, not only that, but I was there because you got free resources, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a comic, and they would let us, you know, come watch professional shows for absolutely free. That's free training, bro. I'm watching people that do this for a living. Free. These are legends in the game. You know, this is what they do. They've been doing it, you know, 20, 30 years for a living. So I would get a chance to just sit back in the back of the club and just watch for absolutely free. Watch how the crowd reacts. Watch how they do their intro. Watch how they connect with their people. And I'm watching all these, 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 you know, scholar comedians do this stuff for absolutely free. You cannot beat that, bro. And if you're not taking advantage of that, of that as a comic, you wasting your whole resources, man. Like open mic is good. Don't get me wrong. I love doing open mics, but a lot of people are content with being open, doing open mics. Now, I think I think the biggest thing, man. Like I said, just comics have to understand. There's there's a, a lot of weeds that really don't even mean nothing to, to with comedy. Like they try to perform for comics. I don't care about performing for comics at all. Why? To get your approval, and we both trying to get booked. You're not going to book me. You're not going to buy a ticket to my show. You're not going to put me on your show. What am I trying to perform for you for? Was that rough when you went through the open mic phase of your career? Because, I mean, for a lot of the times when you're open mic, it is just you and the comics. It wasn't rough when I understood that the comics really don't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, like, because we're all there. Like, when it's all said and done, Duck, it's like this. If I'm looking at you as, as a friend, but you're looking at me as competition. Yeah, that's not worth it. We're all focused. Because I'm, I'm really looking at you as a friend. So I'm yeah. going to treat you from a friend perspective. If I see my friend... Sad. I'm gonna say, so, hey, what's up, buddy? You know, I'm I'm gonna approach that because I'm looking at you as a friend. But it, again, like I said, you look at comics as friends, 
on certain ones, and then they looking at you as competition. That's 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 not gonna work, bro. Yeah, it's that's not gonna as, work. as you know, because so I don't even I don't even focus on it. I have comic friends. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying like as far as my focus is not on on comics. I used to do that because I used to want the approval. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to see if your colleagues think you're funny. They don't care. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the people. The people that laugh at my jokes, those are the people I'm trying to reach. Right. That makes perfect sense. Hey, everyone. It's just Doc jumping in to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you dig it, please head over to our website at improvtx.com, where you can check out our calendar for all the upcoming shows in Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio. And don't forget to follow our social media, all links in the description. And with that, back to the podcast. So what is the weirdest thing that's ever happened on stage? Oh, the weirdest thing. I mean, I've had... Weird stuff. You know, you dealt, you deal with hecklers. You yeah. deal with that. You, I, I, oh, I wanted to talk about that too. How is your method of dealing with hecklers? Okay, so hecklers are easy to deal with if you understand that you have the microphone and your voice is projected. So the way you deal with hecklers is this: you're doing your joke. Keep in mind, most hecklers that I've, I've encountered, they didn't realize they, they. First of all, they didn't realize they were heckling. They, they thought they were helping. Yeah. They, they you know, they, they were commenting. And they thought that they were helping. They thought that they were they were enjoying the show. They thought that they, you know, it was okay. So most, just keep that in mind, number one. Number two, they're drunk, <laughs> right? So they're not quick with it like that. You you know, if you're sober, like I, num- one thing I don't do, I don't I don't go on stage. Some comics do. I don't I don't do all that. I don't go on stage drunk or high. I don't mm-hmm. do any of that, right? Now I might reward myself with a drink afterwards. You know what I mean? Uh, if I have a good set. Uh, I'll have me a drink, but I don't do all, I don't need to be doped up or none of that to do my set. Yeah. That's number one. So I'm clear headed. I'm level headed. So the way I deal with a hacker, I'm on stage, somebody say something. If they're just straight hacking, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, now keep in mind, I've been, uh, now I'm looking for an opportunity to roast you because this is what I do. This is what I do. But I have to put that to the side. I have to be an adult until that opportunity rises up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but, but if you get, if you get to acting immature, I have an immature part of me that's been waiting for you to act. <laughs> but I'm going to be civilized because we have to be adults, Ducky. We have to, we're, we're outside and we can't, we have to act civilized. So you're on stage. I get heckled. The easiest way to deal with a heckler is say what you have to say and never give them a chance to respond. Very simple. Oh, yeah, but I said, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that wasn't funny, but uh, I bet your grandma is. Yeah, but she ain't as funny as your mama. So anyway, <laughs> boom. Once you do that, you get the people. Once you get the people laughing, you bust the joke off. You got the people laughing; they're on your side. Now all you have to do is just turn it, turn it away from him. Yeah. You turn it, uh, attention away from him or her. Sometimes it doesn't work. So then there's times where I have to literally stop, and now I got to roast you for real. And I don't like to do that. If I'm a roast, I like to do it in fun where everybody's having fun. But then there's times when you really have to go there. Because people start getting disrespectful, mm-hmm. uh, or they start getting angry, or whatever. And then you know all that. But I try to avoid that. But I've, I've had I've had had people escorted out before. Oh yeah, I had to, yeah. It was, actually it was a woman that I had to escort out. It was sad though. She was drunk and just I knew she was going through something. So I just you know I, you know, I just asked her to leave. Yeah. But I made a joke about it because she wasn't a bad looking woman. I said, but she was pretty. I said, don't put her all the way. I just go make a stand in the corner or something. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> so. I love that. That's but it was, awesome. It was, it was fun though. So back to the weirdest thing that's ever happened. Weirdest thing, uh, I don't know. I, I I think it would just have to be. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I mean, I, I, it's been times where the, where the mics have went out, cords have dropped. Nothing, nothing too too weird. Like while I've been on stage, that I can really think of. Uh, no, nah, I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen like afterwards. I've yeah. seen. I've seen. A, I'll tell you what I did see. Uh, we were taking pictures afterwards. We were on stage. This is a true story. I was on the road. 
elderly lady wants to take pictures. Oh, you were just so funny. I want to take a picture. And, you know, I'm, I'm raised right, so I'm trying to escort her, but she's independent. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't need my escort and help. So we get done taking the picture, and I'm trying to escort her off the stage. She doesn't need my help. Oh, I got it. I got it. But what happened was she was walking straight off the stage and not realizing it was a monitor oh, no. on the floor. So she never looked down. So I'm trying to get her before she gets there, and I couldn't. Man, she hit the monitor. Oh, no. She flipped off the stage. Nothing was funny about that at all. But for a half a second, both of her legs went up in the air. <laughs> ducky. And, and, and it looked. And if I had to took a picture, it looked like she was in the, in the process of doing a helicopter, the breakdance move. And that's what made me laugh. On it. it was just for a half a second when she went on. Both her hands were down, but both her legs went up at the same time. And it looked like she was doing a helicopter. And that just made me laugh on the inside. And I never shared, no, shared that with nobody else. That's probably about like as weird, weird as I got, but ain't nothing, nothing too crazy. I hope though. she was all right. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, she got up. She was good. She wasn't bleeding nothing. She was good. Yeah. So, yeah, no, she shook it off. That's wild. She was a champ. So, I'm I'm guessing that you probably don't get starstruck, but have you ever met a comedian that is, like you said, like a, a legendary, a scholar of comedy? Yes. yes. Now, only, I, I, the thing about, about me, I know how to play it off pretty good. Now, keep in mind, uh, like I said, I'm from the Midwest. So, I got we got this swag about it. It's like, eh, just a regular dude. You still, or you just a regular female? You know, we might be be like that on the outside, but on the inside, we're like, oh my god, oh my god, Jesus, they're gonna be outside. So it, you know, but I've never gotten. I've I've seen some people. Where I, I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, but I, I'm mostly kind of cool about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know how to play it off cool. But I, when I'm when I meet my my some of the comics, I'm like, man, I remember watching them on Def Comedy Jam or watching them yeah. on this or I seen the movie. So you know, like that, that's always good. You know, but most of the comics I met, they've been they haven't been really. You know, like superstars that act, you know, they don't have that superstar attitude. You know, it was, it was always down to earth, just laid back people, man. That's what I like about the comics I've met. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I always say 90% of the comedians I've met were great. Yeah. And then you get 10% where it didn't go the way you wanted it to, but mm-hmm. that's life. Mm-hmm. And they're just people. Right. They're just people like me and you. And, yep. And they have bad days, too. Yep. What advice do you have? And you've already given great advice, but what advice do you have for people starting out in comedy, going to the first open mic or or thinking about getting into it? I would tell people, number one, again, just just make the people laugh. Don't don't worry about being funny in in the beginning stages. Worry about getting up there and getting through your time, learning how to get on stage for five minutes or learning how to, to just be the center of attention for five straight minutes. You know what I mean? That's work. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you come into a room and you on that mic, Everybody's like, and they're waiting on you. You have to run it. So for for that five minutes or whatever time you're on stage, it's the the ducky show. So you know nobody can teach you how to be you. You can't tell me how to be Derek Jack. This is me. You can't teach me how to be me. And then again, you don't know when I messed up until I say, "Oh, I messed up." Because <laughs> I fall. You know that could be part of my routine. Absolutely. So I would just tell you, just go up there. Don't worry about being funny like the first time. Just worry about getting up there and getting the experience. Learning how to how to breathe and control your breathing. Learning how to pronunciate. Learning how to work that crowd. Those are all all stage tactics that people have to learn. You know, if if me and you were talking, or you uh, you know, like even with this this audience right here, if I'm just steady looking in the middle then the left and the right side of the audience feels like, like I'm not participating with them. So you have to learn how to talk and say, hey, so I'm over here and I'm, and you know, and hitting the left and right. So I try to do that to bring all that. If you look back on some of my tapes, you'll see I'll address the left side. I'll address the, the right side. I'll talk to the to the middle. And that brings the whole room in. So, you, you know, those things you will learn. But I, I will tell you this, any comics out there that's trying to enhance something, you want to get with me, I can't make you funny, but I can teach you the behind the scene 
things that I've learned. I can teach you how to write, which is going to give you confidence. And I can teach you that stage presence. I can teach you how to, how to rock that stage. I do classes on that. I've been doing that for the last four years. Well, like I said, I cannot make you funny. I'll tell you that right now. I, there's, I can't. But I can show you how to properly write, which I say is going to give you your stage presence. It's going to give you the confidence that you're looking for. I know how to do all it. Like, you know how you have all these thoughts flying around? Like, it's like an airport, man. You got all these planes flying around. All these thoughts are in your head flying around, and you don't know how to adjust them. I'm the one, I know how to land those planes and show you how to organize this to get your mental airport back in order. You know what I mean? So that's what I've, I've been teaching with comics. The big thing that you said there that I struggle with when I go up is my personality on stage. Yeah. I don't exactly have one yet. Okay. My jokes are fine. My, okay. my, my delivery is fine. But how do you find that personality? Just be who you are. You got to understand it's just, it's you. It's just be who you are, man. Like you got to keep in mind, this is your comedy. Okay. Like for instance, we, let's look at this Red Bull can. Where I think arguments come in is this. All of us are looking at one item, the same item, but we're looking at that item from a different angle and we're arguing over the views that we see. So watch this. I'm saying, oh yeah, Red Bull, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, it has a Red Bull on it. You don't see that bull because all you see is the ingredients. You're like, right. no, it doesn't. It just has words. And I'm like, no, it don't. It got a Red Bull in it. <laughs> and we're arguing. But the thing is this. If we take that same item that we're all looking at and we rotate it, or or if the item stays the same and me and you switch seats, now I see that, that same item from your angle and you see this same item from my angle. That's one of the main problems. We don't know how to switch seats. We just see it on one side. So the thing is this. So when you're looking at things, it's from your perspective. Why do you think this is funny? Well, I think it's funny because I'm looking at it from the, the reason why I think it's funny because, and, and your perspective goes all the way back from the way you was raised, where you came from, how you view things, what shows you watch when you are growing up, what comedic influences you have. You know what I mean? So that's all. It's your perspective. Nobody can take your perspective. But what you have to do is you have to teach the people and show them how you got to your perspective of why you think it's funny. Absolutely. And you do that masterfully. So that's one of my you, main things I've worked on. Though. Yeah. That, but, you, but you always do that. You attack everything from different angles. You have to. And then you pick the strongest angle. And, the, and then you have a strong sense of uh, emotion right. within your comedy. Right. Like you know what emotion you're going in with. Yes. This is how you feel about something. And then you tackle it. You have to. You have to. So like I said, I can't make you funny, but I can't, I can't get you prepared for that stage. I can tell you that. One of my, um, my people I worked with who's murdering the game right now is Alberta the Exception. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Alberta, we've been cool for a long time. I remember when Alberta first started, first, first started. I seen her when she first got on stage. I seen where she was going with it. And I told her, I said, hey, I can't make you funny. You're already funny. But I tell you what, I can show you how to enhance what you got. No doubt, Alberta was like, let's do it. So me and her got together years ago. We start putting things together. Boom, 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 boom. I start teaching everything I know, learning, doing what we, what we can do, what I had learned up to that point. She applied that. Man, she's been murdering the game. She, she's got, got a hold of it quicker than I did. And that was my goal, to get her, if I can get somebody to grab a hold of it. Like, it took me, I had to learn it the hard way. You know what yeah. I mean? So once I learned it the hard way, I condensed everything that I went through and I put it into a format like, yo, you don't have to go through, you know, four years of learning this when I've, I've went through it already. So, boom, I've condensed. You know, four years of training, this is what it is right here. And these are classes that you do or these just are, one-on-one? It's, it's one-on-one I do. If it evolves into that, it's cool. But I have comics. You know, people, you know, yo, I'm trying to get my stage presence together. So I'm like, yo, all right, this is what you need. Boom, 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 boom. And then I, I, I run it to them. The whole nine, man, learning how to write all that, learning how to put your sets together. And the way I teach is that you can do it and I can show you how to, you know, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to teach you how to write in five-minute increments. And then all you're going to do is basically, once you learn how to write in five-minute increments, you're going to just change the subject, and you're going to keep writing in five-minute increments. You take a subject of, let's say, five minutes of childhood jokes, opposed to five minutes of 
work jokes. Now you put them together. Now you got ten minutes for yeah. a set. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, the, and the way it's the way I teach you, where it show you how to keep you, where you can remember everything that's going on. The way I can I can set it up, you can take this set out right here and add this set in here, and you can switch this around and all that. So it's it's a way it's done. But I understood, like I said, I understood the format behind it, and it works. Yeah. Because I, I I know I have a lot to offer. Like I said, a lot of people, they hit me up behind the scenes. They don't say nothing. You know, some people ask me to tweak their jokes. How do you do this? How, how do you get to? I'm working on a new joke. And as soon as I hear it, I say, I see what you're doing because I understand the concept. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's a format, too. Once you get that, bro, you can't be touched. Yeah. Yeah. That's you can't awesome. be touched. I promise you so. Is Derek Jack your real name or is that a stage name? Because it's a great stage name. It's, a, it's, partial, a, stage it's name. a partial real name. My real name is Derek Jackson. Okay. I didn't want to use Jackson because it's such a common name. Michael Jackson, Jesse Jackson, mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson, Johnny Jack, all these Jacks. So I just I wanted I wanted to shorten it. So I, I, you know you just spit some names out there, you know. So Derek Jack. Yeah, it's and a then, strong and then, name. And even that, then even now people you know people nickname my nickname. So now they call me D Jack, and <laughs> um, so that may evolve or whatever. So, but yeah, that's where that came from. Very nice. Thank that's you. what I was wondering. Like I said, it works. It's strong. It's to the point. Thank it you. reminds you of Jack Daniels, which I'm yeah. all about. There you go. Um, uh, the last thing I want you kind of talked about it. What is your writing process like? I'm a natural writer. I don't go around trying to write. I let it naturally come to me. I can be working on a bit. I can be working on several bits in my head. Once I let it naturally build and, you know, and like I said, there's times when I, when I will say, okay, I'm going to work on this bit today. Or I'll tell you what, a lot of times I write naturally because I'm on stage doing something and something to pop off. It works. I'm like, I can make that into a bit. Like, again, with the roasting, I made a joke about, actually, I was roasting a guy and I evolved it into a joke. And the joke was, he was a younger guy, right? I'm kind of older. So he was younger. He was talking to me and he had on some uh, some tight pants or whatever, right? And I told him, we were just roasting each other. He, oh, you old, blah, 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 blah. And you got on some old, uh, you, you know, you got some sketchers on or something. And I told him he had, uh, I said the pants were so tight, it looked like he had a, a, a thong on backwards and it was splitting <laughs> his balls. So, uh, <laughs> so we laughing. We like, he just stopped, you know, he, everybody just, we just all fell out laughing, you know. Um, and from that point, on, I, I actually put that part in my in my bit. But I, I got a bit about uh, about me being an old man, and I, you know, I was talking about you know I could feel myself getting old because I started to pull my pants up by my titties, to, you know, and I made that you know I second I, I, I almost pulled my pants up by my titties, you know, so it was so high where it looked like I had a thong on back because it was splitting my balls. So, um, you know, those jokes that come in like that. The joke about that you uh, hear about the bomb joke about the when I did the countdown. Mm-hmm. All right, so that literally happened. I was on stage in the beginning. I couldn't. I couldn't couldn't find anything to close that joke out with, right? So I would do the joke about, you know, I know I'm looking like uh, my name should be Shalomar Akbar, and I do the bomb joke, and I didn't have anything to close out. So one day I was on stage, you know, I, I did it, and I just started doing a countdown. I just freestyled. I was like, you know, the bomb finna go off in five, four, and I just tried it, <laughs> right? It was just it was just natural, and it worked. And from that point on, I said, I'm keeping it in my set. So I'll get bits like that. Or, like I said, I mean, I, I can just literally write, but there's a way. I don't want to spoil it for you, but if you take that class, I, I, can, I can show you the secrets behind all that, yeah. um, which is, I, I'm, I promise you, Ducky, it's very, very simple. It's yeah. simple, but it's, it's very effective. And I've, I've been using this to the same day. That same format has, has taken me from getting off work early to hurry up and get down to the Arlington Improv to get on, on, the, uh, on the open mic list trying to sign my name up to... Like I said, I just get, came back from Long Beach, California at the Laugh Factory. What a journey. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I saw that you posted something, I think a video or something for the Laugh Factory. I was in, I was, I, no, I was yeah. in two Laugh Factories. I was, I was in the one in Chicago Laugh Factory and then, uh, Long Beach. Yeah. So, like I said, it's, it's, it's effective, man. It's yeah. It's effective. 
I want to say this last thing or ask this last thing. Yes. What is your five-year goal? What is your plan to be? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be just touring the nation, going international? I mean, you're at that level. I feel like you could do that. My five-year goal, I, I, I'm I'm open. It's almost like I'm, I have a, a I have a five-year goal, but I don't have a, a I have an open goal, if, if that makes sense. I know in five years I'm, I'm going to be doing more than what I'm doing, but I don't want to limit it. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to be like, oh, in five years I want to be touring, when really in five years I could be touring and writing on television yeah. and acting or in a movie. So it's like my goal, my ultimate goal, yes, I want to do this full-time. My ultimate goal is to do this full-time. I, will, I want to clock in every Friday, Saturday, Sunday or whatever to do shows, go travel, and that, be, that becomes my job. I would love for that. I would love to write. I would love to do behind the scenes stuff. I love to do things like, like what we're talking about, like, hey, hey, Ducky was right here, but me and him got together and we worked on some stuff and I seen him go from here and now he's on tour. Like, I love, that really gets me going right there as far as I love to see people operating in their goals or in their visions, in their gifts and moving forward. That, that makes me, you know, that makes me feel good on the inside. I love that, man. So like I said, my goal, I would love to, to, to do all of the above, man. I want to teach. I would love to teach newer comics coming up, like we said, doing a class. I would love to do some writing. I would love to write on a write on a sitcom. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I would love all that, man. So yeah. I'm I, open to whatever. So it, to me, it, it's like I know all of these are, are obtainable goals, but it's just like I don't want to limit myself to one. Right. So it's like whatever, whatever door open, I'm walking through that door. Yeah. You That's know, so, so smart because yeah, so. so many people in this world, when people say, hey, do you want to do this? They say no or I'm unsure. When you say yes to something, you open the door or you walk through the door. And it's yeah. so easy to say yes. Just give it a try. I, just, want, to, I want to do all that. I, I, I want to do voiceovers. I oh, love, yeah. I would love to do an animated voiceover. All that, man. I just – I'm just – I just, I, I don't know, bro. I, just, I want to do it all. Just yeah. whatever, whatever is open – I'm with it. Like, I, like if they say, hey, would you like to act in this movie? Yeah. I don't even know how to act. Yes, I will act. Hey, would you like to DJ my party? Yes, I'll DJ your party. I have no DJ experience. But I'm saying, the thing is this. This is what I learned. Again, improv, man. We're improvers. That basically means you don't know nothing about me until I tell you anything about me. You don't know. You don't know what I know. You don't know what I don't know. You don't know what I can do. So if you if you look at me and you feel like I can act, okay, I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> okay, I'm acting now. You want me in your film? Okay, I'm going to be an actor now. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, oh no, I'm a com- no. Okay, I'm I'm an acting comic. You know, I'm just open, man. I'm open to whatever. That's a level of confidence I yeah. want to aspire to get yeah. to. So that's very that's very inspirational. Yeah. So well. Once again, the show is going to be on December 18th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. at the Addison Improv. So, yes, uh, what would you, how would you say to people to convince them to come out to the show? I would tell you that if you need a good laugh, just need a good laugh, man, good entertainment, come on out, man. Come on out, uh, especially you've been, you know, it's, it's been hectic, man. You've been at work. You've been struggling. Time's been tough. And sometimes depression gets up on you. You get, man, come out. Let me help break that <laughs> yoke of bondage up off you and let's have a good time. You won't be disappointed. I'll tell you that much. You will not be disappointed. I got a hot lineup and whatever they don't get, I got you. I, I promise. If they don't get you, I'll get you. So it's, it's come on out, man. I, you won't be disappointed. Right on. Derek, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, brother. Thank, Thank you, so you for much. having me, man. I, thank I mean, you, that. I really appreciate it. Bro. Thank you so much. And uh, everyone out there, please support local comedy in any way or shape that you can. With that said, we will see you on the next one.
freaking awesome. Thank, thank you, bro. so much. And there it is. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please head over to ImprovTX.com to check out all our upcoming shows at the Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio clubs. If you like this podcast, you might enjoy the other podcasts on the ImprovTX Comedy Network. We have The Act Out. From open mics to the big stage, comedians tell us the story they've made, where I talk to comedians from all over and chat about their journey this far. Also, check out the Black Dog Retro Arcade Podcast. Straight from the arcade, we talk about how our favorite games were made. That's right, we're talking all that video game goodness. And finally, we have Quackin' Up, a storytelling podcast where we pick suggestions from a hat and tell stories based upon them. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Please check out our social media, all links in the description. And with that, we'll see you on the next one.